G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. One man who, who knows a few more things about a specialty topic than, um, than I do about horse racing joins us now. We're going to talk some football. A big week in New Zealand football grant. The Wellington Phoenix kicked off their A-League season. Heartbreaking into that one, conceding a late equaliser. Um, to Adelaide, but the big story of the week has, of course, been the departure of uh, Danny Hay. While it's been, um, you know, well signposted, it's still uh, a big deal when uh, a head coach walks away from his job or has not asked back or asked to um, reapply for the job. Um, yeah, so Danny Hay's uh, contract has lapsed his time as All Whites head coach has come to an end. David Choate, a former All Whites and SENZ football commentator, joins us here on the program. David, afternoon. Good day, Tony. I thought you were going to get me on to call the horses, boys. I thought, Jesus, that's going to be good. What sort of what sort of tipping well, advice would I give? Probably the same as Granddad Charlie gave me back the last and the last, and always go for a grey horse. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like sound advice. Last and the last, and always go the grey horse. Yeah, well, I, I've been threatening to call a race. So I've actually asked Daniel and uh, Clado if I should call a race. Maybe we can do it together, David. Yeah, yeah, that, that that could be the end of racing as we know it. That could be uh, a game changer. I think your granddad Charlie would come back from the grave and actually what tell you to what he used to call you by your nickname. What was it? Yes, he just told me to shut up, Dave. And that was about the uh, the long and the short of any conversation with my granddad Charlie. God bless him. Right, let's get to the Danny Hay departure. Uh, overall, my feelings, Dave. I'm just a little bit sad that New Zealand football um, is in a position where it's Bad news over uh, good news, uh, especially when you consider the talent currently in this all-whites setup. I'm a bit conflicted about this one personally, which I'll get into, but your overall thoughts on his departure as head coach of the all-whites? It was almost no news for me, Daniel. That was, I think, mm. signalled well before the end. Um, there was a slow death, if you like, of the Danny Hay era. Um, at the end of the campaign, there was no sort of word from anybody. Everyone was pretty quiet. All the football chat around the sidelines was that um, Danny was dead man walking in terms of his reapplying or being reappointed. It sounded like things had um, drifted apart post that Costa Rica match. Mm. David, I, w- I want to get my head around it because I spent a little bit of time with Andrew Duranto when he was here in, in Wellington. And it really fascinated me the different, um, I guess, power struggle within... Oh, it's not a struggle. It's just the, dynamic. the dynamic of football compared to cricket. Now, cricket, the captain is in charge. The coach works in the background, but the captain runs the team. However, Andrew said to me, no, the coach is very much the person that is in charge. They're running exactly the way that you want to play, and they're the ones that um, tell everyone what to do. Um, is, is that the case um, with uh, most football teams, and is there room to change? 100%. It is the coach who carries the can uh, and he wears the boot uh, at the end of the season. Uh, captains come and go and uh, they always say it's the players that get the coach sacked and that's uh, a bit of a truism in football, but it is very much the coach in charge. The other truism in football is uh, never fall out with your boss. It might be a good uh, adage for all sorts of endeavours, but uh, <laughs> when you start being distant from your boss, um, the person who pays you, um, you're probably on a slippery slide. And that seems to be what's happened here. New Zealand football, the power that pays the bills, have clearly sort of drifted apart from Danny Hay through the latter part of his campaign, I think, would be the long and the short of the story. But 
very much the coach is the boss and he carries the can. He takes, uh, takes the hit when it's going badly. And generally the players take all the, all, the, all the glory when it's going well. So it's a tough old gig coaching. Yeah, and I think David is right about uh, the dynamic between his bosses and, and Danny Hay. Uh, I, I know a, a lot of media um, plucked out the the autocratic line uh, from the from the actual report, the, the public report into the to the uh, World Cup campaign that New Zealand football did publish. Um, and, and the big line many people would have seen: there is no doubt that the coaching style of head coach Danny Hay is predominantly autocratic, with a number of players describing him amongst other things, demanding and intense. Um, I I need to make very clear, at the bottom of the same paragraph, the same paragraph in the same report, it says, Mr. Hay unquestionably has the support of the vast majority of the playing group. So so it's not that. But David, results open the door for New Zealand football to make a change here. He, He gets a slice of luck against Costa Rica. They're at a World Cup. They wouldn't dare make this change, would they? Absolutely not. But that's right. The, the results always um, tell the tale. And I think in the last five games, no goals for. And, and what is a, um, sounds harsh, but a failed campaign to qualify for the World Cup when you've got to go through that last hurdle of playing a, a side that's ranked well above you. In this case, it was a one-off match, wasn't it? So it was sort of in a neutral venue. It was almost, uh, if there was ever going to be a time to sort of bust through again, this was possibly the opportunity. But the results have uh, not gone the way of uh, Danny Hay late in his coaching career. There haven't been enough games for mine, and that's a, a, an administration uh, glitch uh, or, or, a, or a weakness in, in the model. But uh, I think that Danny Hay was—he uh, knew he was probably uh, not favourite if he reapplied. So why would you reapply? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one thing he needs to accept some responsibility for New Zealand football too, David. The All Whites and New Zealand football's high-performance staff operated almost entirely independently of each other in silos for much of the campaign. Um, that's not good, is it? That was identified in this report as they work on. But the other startling thing for me is that that idea had also been revealed in the previous campaign reviews of of, of the Miss World Cups from you know four years ago and four years before that. So who's Who's going to join those dots? The organisation yeah. who now for three straight campaigns hasn't been able to do it? Yeah, well, that's the um, sort of the, the, the area of exploration, I think, in terms of investigative journalism. What's going on between um, sort of the high-performance team and the coaching stuff? How can they be disconnected? How does it get to this? Um, there's some reasonable questions to be asked because clearly New Zealand football were out of touch with Danny Hay in terms of uh, philosophy or coaching styles. I think that's coming through loud and clear and and uh, the high performance area of sport uh, was also distancing itself um, which is just odd and it's been a constant really um, the administration of the game needs a look at as much as the coaching of the national side do the coaching yeah. of the national side for me is uh, a little bit secondary at the moment they haven't got anyone to play anyway so you or I could coach the side for the next few weeks um, <laughs> I think they should focus on what's going on in the back office uh, David, is it fair to say that the New Zealand players probably not as as skilled as the top teams in the world? Yes, and that the coach is not going to help the skill level of those players. But what sort of coach does the New Zealand team need? Yeah. Because Daniel sits next to me here and he goes, "Oh, you know, they struggle to score goals, tr- struggle to score goals." But if you get a coach who's really aggressive, can the players actually implement that game plan? What do we need here? Well, that's that's the big test uh, in all the conversations I'm having with football folk. It's the hardest part of the game, scoring goals and getting sides forward and being brave and creating opportunities and being composed in front of a goal and, and taking your chances when they're on offer. 
is the hardest thing in football. It's why the uh, the big players earn the big bucks, and they're typically strikers who can find that space and time and be that sort of quality striker. That's going to be the challenge for any coach taking an all-white side. What I would say is the skill level of players in New Zealand has come ahead leaps and bounds over the last four, eight, ten years, I think. Uh, it's been a consistent improvement in our technical ability. We now have all-whites who are playing around the world, dotted in various leagues, some of them very good leagues, but all of them professional leagues. Uh, and their technical ability to keep the ball and play possession was on show in the Danny Hay era. The hardest thing in the game is to create those opportunities going forward. So if I was looking for a coach, I'd be looking for someone who uh, has got a record in producing sides that can get forward. I think it was Kevin Fallon might have been in the press in the last week just saying against Australia, a little more bravery. And I think he's right. I think yeah. there is a, an element of sort of a psychological impasse of getting forward and leaving yourself exposed. You've got to play with risk at times. And maybe that's the kind of coach they should look for, someone who's going to give them just that little bit more bravery. They rely so heavily on Chris Wood. We need to create that second striker, that third person arriving in the box. I think that's the challenge for anyone taking on an all-whites role. David Chode is with us, a former all-whites and uh, Phoenix commentator here on SENZ. Let's pivot to the uh, the A-League. The Wellington Phoenix uh, finished up one all. Um, after they had a man sent off in the first half, Jan Suss, uh, at that stage they probably would have taken a draw, Dave, but a pr- pretty deflating way to to concede and at a time overall, would they have been happy with the performance though against Adelaide? I think they'd be happy. Yeah, I think they'd be happy with the bravery of the performance and the work that was put in, the effort that went in. Um, when they were eleven v eleven, they were being shaded. I thought in the opening match, it's very early to start calling sides sort of capability sort of twenty minutes into a season. But they looked second best last weekend for the first uh, twenty minutes or so for mine. They knuckled down to their job uh, with 10 men and did it very, very well and almost completed the perfect smash and grab. As we talked about, it was a, a late goal that they conceded, which sort of broke the hearts in the end and made them feel a little empty, probably walking off the ground. But on reflection, I think they'd say uh, it's a good point and it's a good point point earned. It was a real hard sort of grafting point that they got. I think Talley, though, will be looking for an improved footballing performance. I think... They never really got going. They were fits and starts. Late on, Ben Wayne uh, entered the fray and clearly with the goal, put his hands up pretty strong. But his his energy was uh, well received, as was Clayton Lewis at midfield. I thought two of the players who came off the bench would be uh, strong contenders to start uh, tomorrow. David, uh, at the start of a campaign like the A-League, obviously quite a lengthy season. I mean, you you think of the combinations and you pick players and, as that evolves over time, how did the combinations look for Wellington Phoenix? Do you think that they'll make a lot of changes during the season? And surely as a coach, you want to try and find as much consistency as possible early on. 100%. Um, betting in these new players and uh, Zavada up front showed glimpses. Um, did he look like he was on the same wavelength as everyone else? Not necessarily just yet. So I think there's time to see whether he can find himself a spot in that striking role. I mean, if you think about combinations, the goal that was scored was Lewis to Barbarousas with uh, Wayne following up. So I think Clayton Lewis is a very key player in, in creating the sort of the link play, if you like. Um, in midfield, Krajev, um, again, in a, in a battling performance, didn't see a lot of the action, did a lot of work to try and re- you know, you know, retrieve behind the ball, um, didn't get a lot of chance to go forward. So combinations is key. Um, I'd look for those Kiwi players who do know each other. Remember, Barbarousas and Lewis, they've played together in all-white shirts. So I think that's a, a key matchup. Ben Wayne is 
is, is within the same camp. So you would say yeah, those players start to uh, form good partnerships. But the key for me will be how they can integrate their uh, their import players who clearly come as starting 11 players. So uh, you don't bring an import here not to start. So I think that's going to be the key to the uh, the Phoenix season. And it's not as if we can uh, break down Central Coast Mariners, their opponent for tomorrow's afternoon, uh, tomorrow afternoon, their first game of the season, uh, because it was a washout. It was uh, called off. <laughs> Uh, because torrential downpour in the lead-up to it uh, led... It, it looked like an underwater hockey, hockey... More suitable for underwater hockey. Uh, but the Mariners, I think, are going to be without some um, key under-20 internationals, uh, including Green Quoll, um, who, who is a massive talent, isn't he, David? It's a bit, a bit of a shame we won't get to see him in person. Exactly that. He's uh, jetted off to big things with Newcastle. You saw him uh, enter the field of play against the All-Whites in that second international just recently, and he looked lightning fast and... Uh, creative to boot so uh, he's got real potential I was reading the Australian press they wonder if he's gone a little early could he have done with a, another season but uh, I think if you're, you're good enough you're old enough so uh, good luck to him as you say hard to read how the Central Mariners the Central Coast Mariners uh, will turn out first game jitters um, a chance for them to finally try and sort of put some combinations together so much like the Phoenix um, the first few rounds of the season are very very hard to pick Thanks so much for your time. See you at uh, Sky Stadium tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, David.